Amen. Go ahead and have a seat, and um, welcome to Year in Review Sunday. I don't know if that excites you or you're like, oh, brother, but if this is, if you're new today, um, I want to welcome you, and if you're kind of new to the church and you've never been through one of these Sundays, let me explain what we do, okay? This is the one week that we take a peek back. I don't necessarily like looking in the rearview mirror. I like to look ahead, and I like to forge ahead. But I think it's good for us to look back and just rehearse and see all the wonderful things um, that the Lord has done. So we're going to, it's going to feel like a status, a stat Sunday. It's going to, you're going to hear a lot of numbers. You're going to hear a lot of things that the Lord has been doing. And I got one person who likes that over here somewhere. That was, that's really good. But, um, and I want you to just understand um, a little bit more of who we are. It's always a good thing at the beginning of every year to remind you and for me to remind me what we're all about. What is the church all about? And so um, the two statements that define us, the two statements that direct us in everything that we do, the statements that actually give us the answer to what is FBC all about and why do we exist and what does God want to do through us are found in what we call our vision statement and our mission statement. Of course, you know the vision statement is our big audacious goal that God has for us the goal that we will never fully achieve, um, but is what we're always launching into, what we're always advancing towards, and then our mission statement are the feet that help us get there. So here's our vision statement. Our vision is to be a growing, relevant, vibrant, and biblically-based community of passionate Christ followers focused on making disciples. That's a big mouthful, but it's also a big task, Right? But that's what we're all about. That's what we are always striving to be. Our mission statement is what we have to help us get there. Our mission, why we, we exist to equip believers to love God, love people, and influence our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've heard me speak about this one a lot more than our vision statement because this is what we're always moving towards. We're always advancing. We're spending everything that we have to help you and equip you to do the work of the ministry. That's what the Bible has called us to do. Well, both of these statements, they're just not um, ideas that we had sitting in a room somewhere. These come straight out of the scriptures and have their foundation in what's called Christ's great commission and his great commandment. And we find both of those in the book of Matthew. You might want to take your Bibles and go with me to Matthew chapter 28, and then we're going to be in Matthew chapter 22. But we find the great commission of the Lord Jesus Christ given to his people, given to the church in Matthew 28, 18, where Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Don't you love that statement? I love singing about that statement. We've already sung about that statement this, this morning. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So the Lord Jesus Christ, that speaks to his sovereignty. That speaks to the fact that he is God and he has all authority over everything that's happening down here. Aren't you glad for that? Doesn't that give you some hope as you look forward to an uncertain future here in 22? Can you believe it's 2022? Any of you like me remember, like when you were a kid, the sci-fi shows would say, in the year 2022. Anybody but me? Guess what? We're here we're still not the Jetsons flying around in spaceships. We will get there one of these days. But all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore. 
Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And here it is, the other side of the bookend. And surely I, the one who has all authority, the one who is sending you out and commissioning you, will be with you always to the very end of the age. So what Jesus is saying is, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth, and now I'm sending you out, and I'm going to be with you always. Therefore, I believe we have the authority to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit of God and in confidence to go out to fulfill the great commission of the Lord Jesus Christ to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's the mandate for the church of Jesus Christ. It's to go. That's why we exist, you guys. And if you've been in church, you've heard it your whole life. I hope it will sink in anew and afresh right now that you have been commissioned to go and spread the gospel to every single person. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to how many people? All creation, it says. And then he said, you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can witness and you can go out boldly with that authority to the ends of the earth. We have been sent to reach the world wide, the whole wide world. That's our commission. That's what the Lord expects from us. And that speaks to the vision, vision of the church, which is mostly external. The, the mission is actually more internally focused, and it's based on equipping God's people to do this commission. And it's based on the great commandment in Matthew chapter 22. You might want to just jump over there a couple of pages to Matthew twenty-two thirty-six where Jesus said this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The commandment here speaks to the equipping ministry of the church to help God's people fulfill the duty that Jesus has for us to do. And so we have to ask our question um, every Every year, but all throughout the year, we are asking these kinds of questions. What is the measure of our effectiveness? How are we doing as a church, fulfilling the great commission and the great commandment? Are we producing quality disciples? You know that here at First Baptist, we are not about a quantity of disciples. There's a lot of circus acts you can do to get people to attend church and get them in so that you can count heads. And that's not what we're about. We're about a quality of disciples rather than a quantity of disciples. Because we believe that if you, if you have quality disciples of Jesus Christ and they're growing into fully mature believers and fully mature disciples, what you will have is people reproducing themselves and the quantity will come along all on its own. So are we producing quality disciples who observe his commands? That's a question we have to ask. Are we producing disciples who aren't just hearers of the word, but are doers of the word? Are we producing disciples who are producing other disciples? That's the question that is before us always. Let me remind you again that we believe we exist to equip believers to love God, love people, and here's the key, so that we can influence our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, we do that, what we call three legs of our ministry or the three pillars or foundational pillars of our ministry, which is worship, walk, 
and work. We do that through the ministry of the word as we together gather together just like this and worship Christ in community on Sunday mornings. We also believe that we accomplish this through the ministry of the one another's as we minister to each other and walk together with Christ in life groups and through many other growth opportunities. We believe, that, believe also that we do this through the generous giving of ourselves to work for Christ as we serve the body and we serve our community and we serve the world. That's the foundational parts of all that what we are. If you, if you just narrow it all down and boil it all down, it's this. We want to be growing disciples of Jesus Christ who worship him, walk with him, and grow in him, and work for him. But we do that together in community as a local body of believers. I want to take you on a journey um, to see how God has worked in you and through you in 2021. You all right with that? So um, turn your attention to the screen. We've got a video that kind of sums up 
I'm going to give you a disclaimer right here at this point because um, I'm getting ready to launch into all the wonderful things that God has done through this ministry. The disclaimer is this, that we are not boasting and bragging about anything, okay? Um, We're going to boast in the Lord. The Bible actually says it's good to give thanks to the Lord. We are to declare his mighty acts. The scripture says we are to be one generation praising his works to the next generation and to give honor to whom honor is due. So all that I'm going to share with you as we review and help you understand the health of our church, um, I want you to understand that we, the disclaimer is we know we can't do anything. We acknowledge that without the Lord Jesus Christ, without his help, we can do nothing of value for his kingdom to build his kingdom or to build into anybody's lives. Got it? Okay, so if you start to think, man, just, just realize that we realize that without God, everything is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. What I mean by that is we can't do anything of any value on our own. He is able to do immeasurably more and actually has promised and has planned to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. So, you ready? Okay, I'm gonna fly through this because I got a lot of numbers um, to bring to you, but we're gonna break it up into worship, walk, and work. And so here's, let's look at our growth in our worship. Um, We lift high the name of Jesus when we come together on Sunday mornings, and you have done that. You spent 2,217 minutes praising the Lord from 102 songs. How's that? I just wanna say that I really appreciate our teams that lead us, but I appreciate your growth. We all see, as a congregation, your growth in corporate praise and worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're so proud of you, and we love worshiping with you and leading you in those songs as we lift high the name of Jesus. The other half of what we do is lifting high the truth of God's word. We believe that we have nothing to say, we have nothing to sing about outside of God and his word, and you sat through 2,340 minutes of preaching. That's 38 hours of your life you spent under the word of God. Um, How awesome is that? How great is that that we are able to do that? And what I want you to know that we are committed to God and his word, period. Well, because of the global pandemic, thank you very much, Our services are now streaming in 10 countries and 28 states. We did not have live streaming before the pandemic hit. But now God has expanded our reach out far beyond what we could have ever hoped or dreamed. Our prayer team held um, 48 prayer sessions online with those who are attending online. You may may not know that, but as people are attending online, Um, They have the ability to interact with our prayer team, and we have people that are even, some people that are at home during the service that are praying for people and interacting with people, and we had 28 people. There's a place where you can raise your hand and say, I want to accept Christ as my Savior. We had 28 people raise their hand to accept Christ while watching at home. This is what we're about, you guys, and this is what we do. No better way to lift high the name of Jesus than to make his word, the Bible, the main thing in every aspect of what we do. What I want you to understand is that we don't even pick songs unless they're solidly um, founded in the word of God. 
I hesitate to say this because I used to be that music pastor. But aren't you glad we don't sing the, uh, <laughs> the shallow praise choruses of the past? I mean, there are some great praise choruses, but there were some that were just okay. I love what God is laying on the hearts of the songwriters, the, the Christian songwriters of today. They're actually writing present-day hymns right now that are solid on the theology of the word, and our team um, works very hard to make sure they don't bring any songs that aren't founded deep into the word of God. It permeates and leads every move that we make in this ministry. The third aspect of our worship experience is that we honor Christ in our generosity, in our giving. And you may ask, you know, why do you put this in this place? It's because we believe that giving is an act of worship. And that's why we unapologetically give you an opportunity to bring your tithes and offerings to the Lord and offer them in the worship service because it's a form of our weekly worship. This year's budget we set in order to accomplish the ministry here, our budget was set at 2,133,000, That comes out to exactly $41,000 a, a week. But what I want you to understand is that the Lord has laid it on your heart and you guys have been so generous that you have given $51,000 a week this year to the budget. And um, we're actually putting money aside and I'm gonna explain to you what we're doing with that money um, because of the giving of God's people and the generosity of God's people. I want you to hear this loud and clear. That has not happened um, for several years. I want you to see this giving graph that we have. Um, here is the, from 2017. We can take it out beyond. I said we don't need to go beyond that. But you can see that the blue is what we set our budget at and the orange is what you actually gave year over year. But look at what happened in 2021. Now, the wonderful thing about the years prior is that Jeff um, Zamont, our executive pastor, and all of our team leads work really hard to not overspend what's coming in. And so we would always get, in these past years, we get to September, and we'd always hear this from Jeff. Everybody, put on the brakes. Nobody spends any money without permission. And what, we, what that means is we've got to get to the end of the year, and we've got to be tracking on expenses and what we spend with what's coming in. We don't beat everybody about money and about giving. We, we trust the Lord to lay it on your heart to give. And if the Lord is laying it on our heart to give a certain amount, that's what we're going to try to spend. But it reduces the amount of ministry that we can do because our dollars that we can fudge on are ministry dollars. They're not, you know, we still have to pay the light bill and the gas bill and, all, and salaries and those kinds of things. But so we have been really good and we always end the year in the black. Um, but look at this past year. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, that is just um, amazing to me um, at the generosity of God's people. Amen. Okay, now it, it gets better. In that budget of 2021, $265,000 of that $2,000,000 was set aside specifically to support missions and outreach um, around the world. That was just under 13% of our annual budget last year. In addition to that, our season of generosity goal was to give 176,000 to local and global missions um, and partnerships that we have with them. That means that we set a goal of giving away $442,000 to give it away outside of this, air, this ministry, and you blew the budget, you, you blew the goal away 
on the season of generosity, and the season of generosity total right now stands at $303,000 on top of everything else. I mean, come on, this is just amazing. And, um, and the kids, the children, and they have this little coin um, thing that they do. You know, they, they gather the coins and they bring their coins and they give it to Jesus while we're giving on Christmas Sunday. They're giving up there. And you saw a little couple of pictures of that. They gave $1,258 to Lifeline Ministries to help Lifeline out. And our kids at ECA, our Christian school, Elkhart Christian Academy, they have a Christmas gift for Christ Chapel. And this year, the families of ECA donated 4,000 number 10 cans, those are those big cans of vegetables, to Faith Mission. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Faith Mission has not had to buy vegetables since 1999 because of the ministry of Elkhart Christian Academy. They always bring in every year the annual amount of vegetables to feed our community through their ministry. How awesome is that? That is just amazing. So... Okay, so um, the total outreach and, and, and missions investment for 2021 equals $569,613. You guys, this is what we're giving away. That's not money that we're spending on ourselves. This is money that we are spending in local and global partnerships around the world for the advancement. How fun is that? How awesome is it that we get to partner in those ways and that because of your generosity and, frankly, because of the blessing of the Lord to help us be that generous, we were able to give in 2021 that much money. I just want to really praise the Lord for that. Okay, so let's explore our growth in our discipleship efforts, okay? As we walk together, we walk with Christ together, we do this. And let's just start with our adults. Um, I need to report to you that we have 547 active members um, with 39 new members added in 2021. 533 people are currently involved in life groups in 36 different groups. We held eight official discipleship classes, which had 220 attendees in there this year. Um, this was pretty special. 138 people went through our counseling program. And you might say, Phil, it's special that people had those kinds of needs. Um, yes. And it's incredibly special that we have people in our church here, laymen and laywomen, who have invested themselves into learning how to be biblical counselors to help people in their time of need, of which I am one. We all, you know that we all need counseling. Am I the only one who thinks that? We all need counseling, and we all need to be counseling someone. Because every one of us, because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we are equipped to counsel. We are able to counsel those from the word of God. And I'm just super thankful for the team of people under Sean's leadership that we have that go get trained to help people. And 138 of our people went through our counseling program this year. We had 896 people participating in lay-led ministries. I don't have time to go into what that is, but it means that we have laymen leading ministries that the Lord Jesus Christ has laid on their hearts through the work of the Holy Spirit. Things like men's and women's Bible studies, Revive Elkhart, Ladies Mingles, Sons of Thunder Motorcycle Club, Bible Quizzing, FBC The Body, Fight Club, which we partner with 
uh, Grace in Goshen uh, to do that. They have a wonderful ministry, and we get to partner with them in that. The Jail Ministry and the Mighty 300 Men's Momentum Group. These are the kinds of ministries that are going on that God has laid on your hearts, and you're leading those ministries. And we had um, almost 1,000 people participating there. We had 55 people experience the journey. You saw that advertised. We have another one coming up um, starting soon. That is our new assimilation. We call it acceleration lane for those who are kind of new to the church and wanting to get connected and get involved. And so we're so thankful that we've started that this year. And what's awesome is that of those 55 people, 33% of those attending became members of the church, 67% of them joined a life group, and 76% of them are now serving on a ministry team. So the fact that we have that acceleration lane to get people connected and serving and growing in the Lord is actually working, and we're so thankful uh, for that. In 2020, not 21, but in 2020, we launched a pastoral internship program and are now on our second intern. And so we're really happy to be partnering with um, young people who are growing up into the ministry and we get to bring them on and serve for, um, in some cases, a year-long internship to get exposed to all the different aspects of the ministry. It's what formed me in my early days. Robin and I got married and we went and did an internship at Bethesda Baptist Church in Brownsburg, Indiana. We did that for a year and it actually solidified the calling of God in our lives. So we're very excited excited um, to do that and to let it to, to let that aspect of our ministry grow um, which leads us to our youth and our children um, in our youth department we've got 143 students that are involved in our care group ministry um, we had 450 students attend 11 different activities and events um, this year in 2021 and of course this is what they want us to know every year they want us to know that they drove 2641 miles in a bus and they consumed 928 slices of pizza this year that's just important for them that we know that okay so they wanted us to make sure we knew that um, we have a children's ministry we have uh, 300 um, children on average every week um, that are being ministered to. And I just want to um, thank the Lord for that. But that's a big task um, to take care of those people. We're looking for a children's director right now. Please be praying for us. If you have any ideas, um, we're not getting a lot of activity on that. And maybe it's just the time of year. But we really need, we have a huge ministry to our children. And we really need a quality person to come in and lead that ministry. So be praying with us as we as we ch uh, search for that person. Here's um, here's an awesome statistic that I love to get every year. In our kids' clubs, 1,250 verses were put to memory. Our children in the clubs, they have uh, projects that they memorize God's word. How awesome is it that we have a program that helps kids hide God's word in their hearts. The scripture says that if I hide God's word in my heart, it will keep me from sin. It will become a light to my path, a lamp to my feet. It will help us be successful if we meditate on God's word. And so they're doing an amazing work um, in our children's ministries, and we're just so thankful uh, for the growth that we have. I just need you to hear that that 300 children that we have in the ministry every week, um, that speaks to the... Um, young families that the Lord is bringing to us and that we're able to minister to, and we're thankful for that. That dumps us right into the whole um, work aspect of our ministry. Um, I'm just gonna fly through these. We have 57 people 
um, working in our tech and worship ministry. And aren't we thankful for them and the quality job that they do leading us every single week? It takes 24 of them every single Sunday to make the ministry happen here. Um, we have 228 volunteers and 10 guest service teams. It requires 75 people per Sunday in order for um, our parking. It's, it's the parking lot to the pew. Our whole ministry of welcoming you and helping people feel loved and connected as they come onto the campus here. Um, they do an amazing job, especially on days like today. You know, our parking lot people are really um, doing an amazing job for us. Our greeters standing at the doors, shivering on days like today. Just give them a big warm hug and let them know how much you appreciate them, okay? That's a big sacrifice. <laughs> we have in our youth department, we have 17 um, care group leaders that minister to our kids. On a weekly basis, we have 215 children's ministry volunteers. It takes 105 people per Sunday, adults per Sunday, I guess the teens are involved in that too, in order to take care of our children. That comes out to 204 people working to make church happen every single week. And if you add the 80 couples leading our life groups and the 40 couples hosting in their homes every week, it takes 412 people per week to make the ministry work. And I just want to thank you for your service. I thank you for your involvement. And we're so proud of the work that you're doing. Isn't it awesome that we're not, ha well, it is for us, that we're not having to be up here begging for volunteers. And we're not always saying, people, we need 20 more volunteers in this area of ministry. We have more people than we need, which actually helps us. Because we can spread out the, the jobs. We, can, we don't wear everybody out because we only have the amount of people we need to make that ministry happen. We have teams of people that can rotate in and out. I think that's very healthy. And I just want to thank you for, being, uh, for growing in your service to the Lord. So that's kind of the internal part of our work as we serve the Lord and serve the body. But we also have opportunities to serve outside the body. And this year, 150 of you served on Officer Appreciation Day. Um, you saw pictures of our Trunk or Treat. We had eight, over 800 guests on campus here on Trunk or Treat, and it took 300 of you volunteering to make that happen. But we always have people that love being on our campus and get exposure to First Baptist Church. We were able to partner with ministries, uh, local ministries like Lifeline, The Crossing, Habitat for Humanity, Faith Mission, Feed the Children, Ribbon of Hope, Church Community Services, Bristol Food Pantry, Retta, and Spa Women's Ministries, and Cultivate Culinary. And those are our local ministries that we partnered with this year. Um, we also used our building as we hosted different groups. Um, did you know that we're a polling station uh, when, we, when it's time to vote? That's, what pretty, that's turned into a pretty amazing thing for us as it gives us exposure to people in our community. Hundreds and hundreds of people come onto our campus um, just to vote, and it's turned into a really great thing. We've hosted First State Bank employee training um, here on our campus this year. Forge America ministry training happened here. Um, every uh, Tuesday, we have um, th over 300 women here for uh, Bible study fellowship, um, whenever they're having it, we have 150 plus uh, moms and mostly moms, some dads and their kids for the uh, homeschool co-op every Wednesday. 
We hosted the Collingsworth family, I Am They, and the Guy Penrod concerts, which gave us the opportunity to have, again, hundreds of people on our campus to experience what we, got, we have going on here. And this was awesome. We were able to partner with Michiana Biblical Counseling Center um, to host a biblical counseling conference, and we're excited to continue to grow with them in their ministry and help them in that area. I'm kind of worn out just talking about it. That was a lot that happened in 2021. But you want to know the gold? Um, this is the gold. We saw 31 recorded salvations um, in our adult ministries and 31 baptized. That's not counting children and youth. It's also not counting. And here's what, here's what I want you to hear, okay? We're about the advancement of the kingdom through the gospel. And the number that we have here, it's like impossible to give you that number because we have um, a multiplication of ministry and the gospel going out with all of our partners that we are ministering with. So we've had lots of people come to Christ in 2021 through Rock Cry Ministry and through our missionaries and everyone else that we're supporting. Um, and I've, I've written down that we have 31 recorded salvation because there have been many times where I have actually asked in the end of a service, how many of you would like to give your heart to Jesus and people raise their hand? But then I ask them to come forward and they don't come forward for whatever reason. We've had evangelists come and do the same thing. So we've had a lot of people online and in the building here um, and in through different ministries say that they have given their heart to the Lord and have gotten saved, but we don't have a record of that and have not baptized them. Um, and so I'm not gonna give you an inflated number on that except to say that, praise the Lord, we've got 31 in our adult ministries, 31 recorded salvations and baptisms. Now, I saw, did I see John Cullop in here? He's at the connection point. He's actually serving out there at the connection point. Well, John, I know you can hear me. Um, John was a deacon, he still is a deacon, but he was a deacon at the time that they asked me to be the lead pastor. And in my final interview, um, he asked the question, he goes, what would be the measure of success of the ministry underneath your, your leadership here at First Baptist Church? And that kind of threw me. I had to think for a minute and I said, um, the thing that came to my mind was baptisms. And he said, baptisms? And I said, yeah. And here's my thinking. Because you might think I would say salvations. But I say baptism because we're, act, we're actually working towards, what are we working to do? Equip believers to love God, love people, and penetrate our world and influence our world with the gospel. The way I would measure the success of ministry is not just people saying that they're being saved, but people who are actually taking the next step of obedience and being baptized because once we get them baptized, they're on a path to growth and we've got them at that point and we help them grow through the ministry. And so that's what we're working to do, not just see how many people we can get to raise their hand. We want people to grow in the knowledge and strength and, and, admir and, and the the growth of the Lord in their lives and the growth of the Holy Spirit in their lives as they become quality disciples. Does that make sense? But this is the gold, Mike, you guys. This is what we work for. Um, this is actually the fulfillment of our vision and mission. This is the fruit that will last, the people who give their hearts to Jesus and walk on with him. It's actually what we're all about and the measure of our health um, of our ministry and is why our church exists. 
Okay, so that was 21, and 22 is now here before us, and we're going to experience some crazy things in 2022. We're going to experience some blessings. We're going to experience probably some heartache. We're going to experience um, some highs and some lows. We're going to experience a lot of different things, but we get to do it together. And I'm so glad that God has pulled us together to be able to do ministry in 2022. And what you're going to see, some of our ministry goals, is that we're going to see a realignment and focus in our missions ministries. It was so awesome that we launched the Global Night of Worship. We, we want to bring a heightened awareness to global missions before you, the congregation, and we're working really hard to figure that out. We're actually going to streamline our missions process also and work to make sure that all of our missions dollars, that we're being good stewards and every dollar that we give to missions is actually being used to the advancement of the kingdom. And so we, through the gospel, and so we're gonna be working really hard on that intentionally this year. You're gonna see an enhanced support of lay-led ministries, and this is another one that I just am excited for is the, the continued development of area church partnerships. One of the things that we're going, you're going to see us do and we're going to be talking to you and you can begin to pray about is we are going to look for adding a new pastor to our pastoral team. We're actually looking to add, and we don't know the title of, the, of his position yet, but it will be something of a senior associate pastor that's going to work right beside me and help us lead this ministry forward so that I can be freed up to do some things that are really on my heart to do and in my gift set. And one of those is to be able to partner with a local area evangelical pastors and help bring them together because I believe as we get closer to the end, we're going to need each other not just each other in our local assemblies. We're gonna need each other in all the local assemblies coming together. And so we have the ability to, because of what God has blessed us with, with an auditorium like this, we have the ability to host things that many other churches in our area cannot. One of the things that we're gonna work on this year is our um, Love and Respect Conference is coming in February 9th and 10th. The Egriches are coming. Um, Emerson and Sarah Egrich are coming and um, we've got 11 different churches that are partnering together to make it happen here, but the Egriches won't come and bring love and respect unless you have an auditorium that seats at least 1,100 people. Well, that, there aren't that many of them here in our area, so we're partnering with different churches to come in and have this area-wide conference, and we can't wait for that. In fact, can I just say this? If you're married, sign up. Now, it's not very often I say to everybody, every, come on, every single couple needs to sign up. You don't want to miss this conference. In fact, we're so committed to this that if you go to sign up and the money is the issue in your sign up, we want you to come reach out to us and say, can you help me? We want to help you attend this conference. Get whoever you can to come to this conference. Rob and I have been through it multiple times, and that's why we're still married today. <laughs> There are more reasons for that, but it has really strengthened us, hasn't it, babe? I mean, we, way back in the day, we were working on love and respect principles, and you guys, you don't want to miss this. If you are thinking about getting married, you attend this. If, it, if you can get out of school to do it, you just be here to do it. If you're hoping someday that you'll get married, you need to attend this. I'm serious, if you've been married for 75 years, attend it. You haven't made it yet, 
all right? But um, I'm so thankful that we're able to do this and, and partner with other ministries um, to bring it on. We, we are hoping to do more of those things, at least have one major um, discipleship-oriented growth conference a year um, here at our church and maybe even at other churches as we partner together. One, one of the things we're going to do is work on an area-wide guest services training conference this year also where we're going to bring in some people who are just rocking it on guest services, and that's going to be a training session for all of our guest service people, but we want to bring in the guest service teams from all other area churches to come be part of that also. Um, here's another thing you can see in 2022. Um, we, the councils, el the elder and deacon councils, will begin the conversation together and also with you on the development of our property, including um, possibly starting a campaign for our community center and our ministry center that will be the development of the front of our property out here as we open our ministries up to the community and serve them. And a lot more will happen in that department. In fact, you guys gave so much money this year um, to the budget, you overgave to the budget by about $500,000. And the deacons um, made a decision and, um, and voted to open up a building fund. And so at the end of the year, we're putting $500,000 into that building fund to be the seed money to get this started. And we've got some other partnerships out there outside of us that want to help with that. It's going to be very exciting. I can't wait to bring all of those details to you, but that's what we will see in 2022. Some of you might remember Dwight Peterson, who was a pastor here, um, a youth pastor for many years here, and then at Baptist Bible College in Pennsylvania. He is now partnering with his son, Luke, as they begin um, a, a campus ministry on the campus of Ohio State University. Did they pull the game out yesterday? I turned the game off. I thought, well, Ohio's toast. They're not going to win. And then I get up this morning and find out they won. Any Ohio State fans? Two. <laughs> Watch this, brother. How many Michigan fans do we have? Oh, you're not that excited. Go blue. Go blue. Anyway, they've got a unique, the Petersons are starting a unique, they're actually starting a student church on the campus of Ohio State University, and we're going to partner with them for the next three years um, and help them financially as they get started. And then I'm super excited to bring to you the recommendation that we support Pastor Siachamwa Kembo from Zimbabwe. He is a pastor of the, the latest Rock Cry-founded church there in Zimbabwe, and he is the director of evangelism and church planting in um, that area, in that region, as they work together with Rock Cry Ministries. And so we actually are going to make a recommendation that as a church, we take on his full salary and we just um, pay for him to do ministry so he doesn't have to work on the side to make all that happen. Those are just some of the things that you can um, look to and many others will be coming. Um, next week, I'm gonna launch a brand new series. And... Um, <laughs> I'm a little nervous about it. Actually, I'm a lot nervous about it. I'm super excited about it. But as I've begun the study on it, it's making me really nervous. And here's the title of it. What in the world? The Convergence of World Events and Bible Prophecy. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go into the Word and we're going to connect the Word of God to what we're seeing in the world today and it's exciting and freaking me out all at the same time at how crazy our world is 
but how amazing that it's all been told that it's going to happen and it's happening before our very eyes and I'll get more into it next week or else I'll spoil next week. But that's what we're gonna be doing. That's gonna take us through almost half of the year as we work down through the different things that we're seeing in our world today. And then we're gonna launch into a study um, right after Easter called The Extraordinary Lives of Ordinary Men. We're going to study the extraordinary lives of the ordinary men in the Bible and to see how God um, worked in their lives. Was that encouraging to you? Um, I hope so. I hope it was. Let's all stand together as we uh, bring this thing to a close. And I just want to say that 2022 is here, and it's going to um, wash over us with a roar. But I don't want you to be afraid, for it is not the roar of the enemy. You do know that Satan is described as a roaring lion who wants to devour people, but that is not what he, that's not who he is. He's a snake. Who is the lion in the scripture? It is Jesus Christ, the lion of Judah. And he is inviting us to run with him. And you might say, well, I don't know where he's gonna take us. I know. And you don't need to be worried about it. He is the Lord over all. He is the Lord of lords. He is the king of kings. And we are his people, called by his name, chosen before the foundations of the world and faithful to his call. So I just want to invite you to run into all that he has in store for us with confidence and a hope that is steadfast and sure. The Lord Jesus, the one who is in authority over all things in heaven and on earth, is leading the way. And it doesn't matter what comes our way, we can walk into it with confidence and hope in the Lord. Let's go out singing about his authority that he has.